You're listening to another episode of Grecology, and what follows is the audio from our most recent conference, Zoom Utopia 6, Money, Power, or Prayer. Darren and Andy join Stephen Dancer for a time of question and answer. Well, thanks um, very much, Stephen. Um, I really appreciated that and um, found it um, a, a few challenges, a few comforts as we went. And um, a few people have asked, been asking some questions on uh, on YouTube. So you, you can ask uh, there. Actually, I think probably Andy and I have got some things we want to ask and, and chat about ourselves. Um, and also, if you want to use, um, they're anonymous if you do them through Slido. So if you go to SLI, uh, full stop, DO, and then GRUK um, when it asks you and um, and put in any questions uh, there. Um, there's a couple of interesting things people have just asked, actually. Um, well, a comment from someone is, did they spy a bit of Bavink in there um, that you sneaked in a bit but well disguised? So well done if that's true. Maybe you've just absorbed Bavink so much that you don't even know you do it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, um, uh, Someone's asked a question about James uh, Fire 14 about... Um, if anyone of you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church, let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And uh, of course, the verse goes on about it, he'll be raised up. Is that is that for today? Is that for the post-apostolic church? Um, I knew there'd be somebody who'd ask a really difficult question. Yeah, perhaps I should have warmed you up with a few <laughs> other ones um, for, um, <laughs> before you go there. I've, I've got a real cop-out answer, which is I did preach on this a while ago, but I can't remember exactly what I said. Uh, but if you go to the um, Chelmsford Presbyterian website and look up the, the passage there, um, I, I did have a go. Um, yeah, uh, people should know that uh, preachers often forget what they preach. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's someone at our church, actually, it reminds me of sermons I did like years ago, and I was going, I, I preached on that book. <laughs> he remembers the whole sermon and application. Yeah, I th well, I mean, I can make a comment about it is that I often think the focus of that verse is missed, mm -hmm. which is simply that, um, you know, elders should pray for their people under <laughs> their care. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, if you want, uh, I mean, I've just been teaching on on eldership in our church, actually. And uh, uh, one of the big issues, one, one of the things that a, uh, an elder needs to expect is to be regular in prayer for People are sick and all kinds of people. So, yeah, I, um, I, I think uh, the focus needs to be on the prayer. Um, I think we, we need to go into those situations. I, um, I don't have a problem with, and nobody should have a problem with praying over sickness, um, especially elders. And I think... Uh, there is strong encouragement here for elders to get together and pray over the sick. That's why um, ministers and elders should be visiting the sick um, as a regular pattern of, of ministry. Um, and uh, um, I, I think there's, there's good hope that uh, prayers matter. You know, they do matter. That God puts these things into our path to uh, encourage us to pray and um and in his wisdom, of course, if it be his will, we need to always um, bear that in mind. Uh, God doesn't promise eternal life here on earth, as it were, without death. Um, there are going to be prayers that are not answered in that way, but uh, we, we should be encouraged to, to pray for the sick and have good hope that God is good and he knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, it's an obvious point, but 
um, it's worth stating, isn't it, that you know, God, obviously we pay, pray to an almighty God who can answer any prayers, including healing, um, but also that there's a 100% death rate amongst Christians. So obviously, um, we're just over 100% because Lazarus, a few others did it twice. Um, so um, it's um, a couple of things, a couple of thoughts. In, um, I, it was a while ago since I, I preached on this, but um, I think the anointing with oil might be significant, the oil um, thinking of the psalm it's psalm 133 and and its connection with unity and then the next bit where it talks about confessing sin so is this about sickness sickness and sin causing disunity i don't know um so it might be more specific but i think what you said is that is really is really um helpful with someone's ill elders go around and pray for them well yeah. and also just that's so helpful guys just to throw something else in as well i think the the main point of what James is trying to say here is prayer works. It's effective. Mm. And this is an example of the effectiveness of prayer. And we, in our, our 21st century, highly sophisticated scientific world, we, we have, we almost can't believe the supernatural claim of the scriptures, which is God doesn't just exist. He's at work in our lives. And actually, the very beating of our hearts is 100% dependent upon him. And that means we can pray. <laughs> it means there's a freedom in prayer. We, there's a sense in which we can pray for anything because, because God hears us and will answer our prayer. Now, I, I remember, um, and I sometimes quote, quote this, you know, someone once said, you know, that there, there's a number of different answers to prayer. And one of them is no. We can, we can, you know, we can pray for anything. We can pray for wrong things, and God might say no. That's an answer to prayer. No is, uh, you know, slow is another answer to prayer. Not so fast. It's my timing, not yours. Mm -hmm. Grow is another answer to prayer. Yeah, but you need to grow first. Like you were saying, Stephen, draw out. Do you really want this? We could come back to this, and then a final answer. You know, no, slow, grow, go. You go and answer the prayer. I like it. <laughs> yes. no, I, I, I just rob off everyone else. But I think that's the point. Should elders go and pray? Absolutely. It's in the scriptures. We should go and pray. Um, I think that's, yeah. I, I, does that mean something's gone wrong if we go and pray for someone who's terminally ill with cancer and then they die the next day? Is that, is that, no, I don't think that's the point of this. You're saying we need to believe in the effectiveness of prayer. No, be about the business of praying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we are bewildered, aren't we, when we get answered prayer, as if you know, something strange. Yes, I know. We're, yeah. we're more surprised when, when, when the prayers are answered than when we uh, than anything else. Yeah, um, I suppose that uh, just thinking as um, as a Christian, but also as, as a minister, it encourages people to pray. Um, there's um, wh why is it we find praying so difficult? Because it's such a simple thing. And then we're given these pointers and, you know, you drew out some of those very helpfully from, from Luke's gospel and Jesus teaching on it. And, and um, so, so we find it um, difficult to do. And, um, and then also the other issue related to that is then we get unanswered prayers and how we respond to that. And Andy just touched on that. Have we got any thoughts about, about those things? Well, I think it's difficult because it's a spiritual battle um, and there's all sorts of forces arrayed against us. Um, I uh, a while back I preached on through Daniel and you come to Daniel chapter 10 and uh, uh, Daniel is deeply troubled 
about something he's been praying for it and he's praying for three weeks and then uh, um, is it Michael comes to him uh, Angel comes to him and says I've been trying to get to you for three weeks and uh, uh, it's as though in the in the cosmic sphere <laughs> I feel mm. like there's been this great spiritual battle going on um, and prayers is difficult because there's spiritual forces at work. Now, sometimes those, those forces are present in our own heart, aren't they? So we're, we're always battling against uh, the world. Uh, the world outside and it offers us options all the time and temptations. Uh, the flesh, our own desires that arise up and uh, we want to do something else, we'd rather be doing something else. Uh, and the devil is always whispering in our ears, you know, temptations to go and do something else. Um, uh, so there's all kinds of um, uh, kind of chains, kind of, change is maybe the wrong term but you know opportunities to go off and do something else and it's it's part of the spiritual battle i think to to set aside the time and focus your mind and uh get on with prayer and recognizing that it's a battle i think is is the, is the first step then you need to start putting in some practical uh, steps to guard your time and so on but, uh, no thanks that's that's really helpful and and actually it's um i don't know if this is going to turn into a sort of small group self-help therapy thing but it's quite helpful to hear from each other that we all do struggle with it's not yes. a weird thing um and uh, you know that we all do that thing where we're praying and you're praying for something or someone and then that just triggers something in your mind that you, they go oh that was um and then <laughs> right you've wandered from it and and that it but to hear that it is a battle that everyone's having um and just to be deliberate yeah, and then the, and the other part of that battle is is a battle of belief. Um, we are constantly tempted to to un, not believe, to, to unbelieve, if that's a verb. Um, we're constantly tempted not to believe what God has said, um, and to doubt God, and to doubt who He is and what He said and what He said He's going to do. Um, and therefore, we we don't want to risk it by uh, by praying something that we're not sure about. I think that's, that's that's the kind of psychology that goes in in my head, <laughs> and maybe it's uh, maybe it's true of you guys. Actually, someone did ask a related question, which is, um, do you have guidance on when to cease to pray for something? So you gave the example of Daniel prays for how many weeks it is, and and um, and yeah, we should be persistent. But is there a time where you go, no, that's that's enough? Yeah, I mean, this this raises the question. It's, it goes back to what Andy said. Um, about sometimes the answer is no. Um, and I, I'm very much of the opinion that uh, uh, we grow in, as we grow in maturity, we begin to understand what it is that pleases God better. And there are some things that we're, we may pray for when we're younger that are, uh, with the benefit of hindsight, we look back and we think, yeah, that was a silly prayer, a silly thing to pray for. And God knows that. And I think as you grow in maturity, you begin to realize by, by God's grace, by the work of us, Holy Spirit, um, he, he takes that, I think he takes that desire away from you as you grow up. Mm. Uh, so I, I think prayer is very much a dynamic thing. I think um, it, as you grow in maturity, you grow in wisdom and you know the kind of things that you should be praying for and things you shouldn't be praying for. And so that yes, there does come a time when some prayer requests reach a natural um, point. We say, yeah, I need to stop praying that. I, I think something I I struggle with with prayer is is just busyness. Yeah, I, I think most Christians 
many Christians do have a desire to pray. But just as you, I think you were putting it very well, Stephen. I'm just saying the same as you from a different angle. So many different things cram in. Even even just before you've got got time to pray, you, you just we live very busy lives. I think arguably a study was done actually recently comparing the busyness of the average person today to the busyness of the average person 200 years ago, and lo and behold, they found we were equally busy. Um, that we're not actually more busy than we were. They didn't have more time than we have, et cetera, et cetera. But the, it's true, though, nonetheless, that we are busy and just so many things come up, sometimes legitimate things just come up and just cry. I, I, I find it very challenging as a minister. I find, I find the language of Acts 6 very challenging, where the apostles say, we're called, there's a problem in the church with the distribution of the food that arises to... The early diaconate, I would argue, some would disagree. And, and, and what do they do? They say, we need to stay committed not to the word and prayer, as it's often quoted. It's actually prayer and the word. Such was, prayer was such a priority for them. They even, that's the first thing they say we've got to be committed to. And I, you know, I get up every morning with this desire to spend hours in prayer. But do I? <laughs> I leave it to your own imaginings if I do or don't. Uh, you probably know the answer. It's it's a wrestle because so many other things. I've got to I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to answer that call. I've got to email that, and you know, etc. And so busyness is something you've got to fight against. Um, and just on that, getting to something very practical, I think it's 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 actually carving out time. Um, it's committing to time to saying mm. I'm going to actually set this apart. I find going for a walk very very helpful. Say so I'm actually going out for what I'm not going to take my phone with me. I'm not going to listen to something. I'm just going to walk and pray as I'm walking. Um, yeah. Any, any anything practical you guys have found helpful? I think a specific place and a specific time um, is quite helpful. Um, yeah, and then routines of. Um, so we, we we'll talk about books a bit later. But I, I've used this um, book has helped me uh, a bit. Um, it's uh, originally by Matthew Henry and then edited and modernized by Palmer Robertson. And so it's praying scripture really. And, and, um, and in different sort of sections, so let's sort of like praise and uh, petition, confession, Thanksgiving and so on. Um, so you sort of a balanced uh, prayer life and then so certain things that I pray through. So to try and develop a bit of a you know, specific people I pray for. So I pray for everyone in our congregation, a few each, a few each day, um, and things like that um, and a few issues I want to pray for over the course of the week so um, some people say that's not very spontaneous but um, the best spontaneity is planned so if I leave it to spontaneity my prayer time will be very short. Um, no that's right that's right I uh, uh, I don't know about you guys but you know in, in this period of lockdown and Covid and everything um, uh, I find there's a terrible temptation for certain things to to drift certain good habits to drift uh and one, one of those is when you're doing having your prayer times you know when when families are around the house all the time it's uh, uh it's that's not i'm blaming my wife or anything but you know it, it, <laughs> um, she's watching so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but you know it I, i've 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 noticed that tendency myself uh, to become kind of ill-disciplined in certain things. So the thing I've been re doing recently, um, uh, the last few months, is, uh, is, is making sure that the first thing I do when I get out of bed is to pray, even before I'm downstairs. Um, 
is uh, not not a long prayer, just uh, uh, and, and even using the Lord's Prayer as a model just to work through a few issues and to come before the Lord. Um, so we're talking five, ten minutes. Um, um, one of the things I've been trying to encourage some of our guys to do in, a, in church is um, uh, this, this doesn't come from the reform stable, but I, I, when I was converted, I was taught a little thing called seven minutes with God. Have you ever come across this? It's, it's quite an American thing. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's na- the navigators are very keen on uh, encouraging people to, I was converted through navigators, very keen on very practical things, seven minutes with God. So uh, half a minute praying, uh, uh, two and a half minutes or something or three and a half minutes of reading scripture and then two and a half minutes of or thereabouts <laughs> uh, of of praying in response to it and i think that that discipline of prayer read prayer uh in in a short period of time i think you can do it and just encouraging our guys to start there uh, to develop a regular christian prayer life that may start small and short and, yes. you know, and, you know, somebody who's been a Christian many years will think, well, well that's, that's pathetic, but you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then you grow from there. You begin I to think also if people sort of start with the idea if they're going to pray for half a day, um, they're going to be pretty discouraged and um, it's not going to be sustainable. So actually the seven minute model. And then, and then if you feel that you can build up on that, that's, that's a much better way of doing it. And it's how you would do anything else, isn't it? If someone tries to learn a language or a musical instrument, or a sport, you start small and you and you, and you build up. Um, another thought about to answer Andy's question, and it actually ties in with some questions that people I've been getting on Slido, um, is meeting together. Um, I find really helpful. So it's interesting when the world went a bit crazy. We start. I think it was you, Andy, actually did it. Um, I said that I, let's just get a few of us together and pray on Zoom, and we've you know we're still doing that. Just the elders, some elders um, in our denomination. And uh, I find the um, a little group of us praying before a service or um, the, the midweek prayer meeting really helpful because I concentrate a lot better when I'm with other people. And just to listen to other people's prayers and say amen at the end of it, I find really helpful. Um, now, some some issues and thoughts related to that is um, uh, one, one from Slido is, is about pe- to encourage people who find it very difficult to pray out loud. So they want to come to the prayer meeting. And some people just say, it's not my thing. So I'm just not going to stress about it. Other people get very stressed that they can't pray out loud. And what help and encouragement can we give them um, either to do it or to just relax and come anyway. And, and a thing that I've heard a lot, I mean, actually I've been quite encouraged for mo- not, not every prayer meeting, but most prayer meetings um, over my time here in Chelmsford um, is that actually our prayer meetings are fairly well attended. Um, and sometimes very well attended, uh, but um, that's not normal. And I, I've been in churches where the leadership meetings are bigger than the prayer meetings. So you kind of think that the, the church leadership is, by definition, an exclusive group, and the prayer meeting is open to anybody. It will get more coming to a business meeting than to a prayer meeting. And when you come to the Book of Acts, that's where the action happens. And, you know, they're praying, and it's very exciting, and God answers, and incredible things happen. And, yeah, so I so my thoughts were, how do we encourage people to come to the prayer meeting? How do we, um, is it a good thing? Is it worthwhile doing? And and is it, how do we encourage people who feel very nervous about um, praying um, in front of others, even in a small group of, you know, four or five of you break into little clusters? I, well, I'll tell you a story that, uh, about somebody in our church, and I'll not name, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, we had somebody, we've got somebody in our church who, um, 
he was coming along to our prayer meeting. I wouldn't pray, you know, didn't pray. And, uh, uh, and uh, but then eventually this person kind of plucked up the courage to pray. And at the end of the prayer meeting, people's heads raised up and, and, and were looking at each other saying, wasn't that an amazing prayer that that person prayed? And, uh, and I say that just to encourage anybody who feels fearful about praying. There's nothing that encourages a prayer meeting more than uh, somebody who feels totally inadequate, stumbling out a few words. Absolutely. And sometimes it's just an amazing prayer. Absolutely. And everybody is really encouraged. Yeah. So, you know, if you feel that way, uh, join the club. But, you know, you can be a great encouragement just by stumbling a few words out. Yeah. Actually, and I can give a good example of that. Um, as you embarrassed your wife earlier, I, I slightly embarrassed mine. Um, in the ladies' fellowship here, uh, there was a lady who um, used to encourage the women to pray in the ladies' fellowship, and and they didn't. And they said, "I just can't pray like like she can." And she's these beautiful prayers. And my wife knows that's not, you know, it doesn't have to be as beautiful as that. And she, but she just one particular week, she just stumbled a prayer out and got tongue tied and said the wrong name and everything. She said after that, everyone prayed. It was like you know, it, it's so liberating that it doesn't have to be. Um, perfect. Um, and I mean, some people, they have beautiful prayers and it um, sounds poetic almost. And well, that's wonderful and it's encouraging, but it doesn't have to be like that. Um, and, um, you know, when people have big pauses and, and things, um, you know, because it's from, that you're talking about from our hearts and our desires. And, and yeah. I, 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 a few thoughts for myself is um, I, I, just huge sympathy. If, if some, I, I, you know, believe it or not, here we are. I'm, I don't know if you, I, I hated speaking in public. I had to gear myself up to pray in the public prayer meeting. And afterwards, it was like I PTSD afterwards. I was just, you know, for three, <laughs> for three hours, my heart was doing this. And, you know, so it, I, I have every sympathy with Christians who struggle to pray. Absolutely every sympathy. I, I think others who are regular prayers, and I think us ministers can help. You know, don't get me wrong. I think long, theologically accurate prayers are good and healthy. I don't want to dampen those down, but they can be off-putting. And one thing, um, we, we we don't have a huge uh, number coming to our prayer meeting, but it is nonetheless really encouraging. We've got a few teenagers that come along and um, I want to pray. And so we don't do this all the time. I actually said I was quite ruthless. I said for sometimes... Right, you're only allowed to pray for one thing and you're allowed two sentences. That's everyone. And actually what we did for our prayer, we filled, everyone prayed several times for one thing in two or three, and then the teenagers could join in and feel like they didn't have to have this big prayer, just, dear father, we're really struggling with this. Please help us and remember this person. Amen. Great. Boom. And we all, so there. Are, there I'm not saying you do that all the time. I'm not saying that's the model to follow all the time, but we can encourage each other can't we in this yeah definitely definitely and it's great hearing some of the teenagers pray and it's great to hear simple prayers as well as the long ones yes and um i um sometimes um i haven't done this for a while um partly because everything's chaotic and disorganized now but um one of uh, the elders here and i we used to quite often pray together for just 15 minutes before a meeting and often over the day we would have texted or emailed each other a couple of prayer points i've printed them off we just put them down there and you know over 15 minutes we just go bang 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 through them and um and you wouldn't want that for a normal prayer meeting but just sometimes to say we haven't got very long but we've got some important issues we've got 15 minutes just to bring them before god together hmm. i i wanted to as well i i what you said um darren about praying together 
is very much my experience that if I didn't have prayer me so think when, when do Christians pray together well ev- let's not forget every Sunday yeah. morning and evening we have an amazing opportunity one of the reasons we come to worship is to pray together what an amazing opportunity if I didn't have that that would be a significant portion of my prayer life not happening the midweek meeting um and then other with friends and so I'd say to Christians find if you're in families if you're in churches if you're single find other single people where it's appropriate and just even like you say Darren 10 or 15 minutes pray together I, the, the other thing I'd want to throw out is we we can focus very much on the prayer meeting or on set times of prayer in our lives I just want to suggest there is a third dynamic to this and that is the life of prayer where we've got plenty of examples in scripture you know Nehemiah Nehemiah 1 we've got this model prayer Nehemiah 2 he's got an arrow prayer we don't even know what he prayed and try to cultivate in your life this life of prayer that wherever you are that you're in dialogue with God asking him encouraging him you know you walk to the shop for a pint of milk go that's two minutes to pray I can praise God into take the every opportunity I know you're wanting to get in there Stephen <laughs> no I was just going to say about the, the arrow prayer I've often wondered if uh, if it's as mysterious as we think it is it's because I've often thought that the the words that Nehemiah says to the king are actually the prayer interesting um but uh you know he's expressing in real time in real life you know uh, a prayerful attitude yes. uh, so it's just what's on his mind and his heart um, yeah. I kind of just—I just want to follow up with the the, the public prayer. I—I th- I think there is a discipline about um, coming to worship and engaging with the prayer in the public worship. Yes. And one of the encouragements I would give to uh, to church members is, when you come to worship, don't just sit back, um, you know, and just let it wash over you. Um, actually, echo in your heart, engage with the, what's yes. being prayed at the front and echo in your heart and really engage with the prayer yourself. Uh, that, of course, on the other side of that, it, puts, uh, it encourages ministers uh, to, to carefully think how they're going to lead a prayer in the public worship. Um, and so we can really help as ministers to help our people engage in prayer uh, in the public sphere, public setting. A couple of thoughts I have about praying with other people is one of them is um, come to the prayer meeting anyway. Um, I remember when I first started praying in a in a prayer meeting, um, I'd think very very carefully about what I was going to pray. So you know, someone someone's um ill, I'll, I'll pray for that person, and I very care. And someone goes, "Oh, we pray for so and so is ill." And I go, "All right, okay, well, we will pray for that mission then." And then someone will pray for the mission and gets to the end. I've never said anything, um, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, that's it's interesting, isn't it? That it seems that you're being prompted to pray for something. Someone else prays for it. It's fine. Um, just saying, just being there and and saying a hearty amen at the end is great. Um, the other thing is um, prayer triplets. Um, I remember that really got me into praying when I was a student, and um, we did have quite a few people at church here in prayer triplets. One group, I think, had six in their triplet, but um, uh, they met for breakfast and prayed. And and to and to um, the advice is don't natter first. Uh, maybe jot them down so you don't natter and um and then just get down to praying and then you've got a bit of time to natter and chill out and um you know get to know each other afterwards but make sure you it's obviously made up of um uh, humanities students yeah that's right yeah yeah engine as a fellow engineer um steven that's just blew my mind but um um so do we have any resources or thing i mentioned the um um 
Palmer book because this is sort of not so much a, a theology or how to, but modeling scripture. And then at the back, it's got a sort of outlines um, that kind of help you frame prayers. But have we got any other things that would help people get into prayer? Any books or anything like that? Who's going to go? Go on, Stephen, you go first. Yeah, well, well, can I give you a quick kind of like potted history of my reading on prayer? Just yeah, with, so let's do it. Okay, so here's here's the first thing. Uh, the, the classic E.M. Bounds, Power Through Prayer. Now, it's, it's an interesting book, this, because the author is not, uh, he's, he's an Arminian. So he may go in slight directions that you, you maybe wouldn't always agree with. But to get to the heart of prayer and to be motivated in prayer, uh, there's a sequence of these little books. Um, you might get them in one volume. Uh, so that was, I've always found that really helpful. And Stuart Elliott, great Stuart Elliott, uh, encouraged us as students to, to read it every year. I haven't quite done that, but uh, it's great encouragement. Um, another book as a student uh, is an old version, uh, Prayer by O. Hallisby. Just really helpful. Prayer is work. He's a Lutheran, uh, Norwegian Lutheran, I think it was. Uh, but it's uh, just wonderful. Um, again, slightly some some theological directions that he goes in that I might not quite agree with, but um, just very motivating about prayer. Okay, straight down the line, reformed, sensible, Eric Alexander. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, prayer, a biblical perspective. So 80 pages, rich, deep, yeah. worth meditating on. Um, and then one I've just been working through recently, um, Taking Hold of God. If you want a, an idea from the Puritans and his, historical Christians, um, Joe Beakey's collection of essays uh, with some others on, on prayer. So that's, that's been, it's been really helpful. Can I just add one or two to that? This book really did. You know, you, you, you hear people say this changed my life. Um, this did change my life in many ways. Read this as a student. It's it's an old version, A Call to Spiritual Reformation. Yeah, there you go. Uh, by <laughs> D.A. Carson. Uh, priorities from Paul and his prayers. Uh, it was so helpful, and particularly the introductory chapters. It, really practical point. And this is what the, the big take-home for me was. I'd never thought about this until I'd read this book. I'd probably been taught it many times, but I'm, you know, stupid enough. To, I need to be told a hundred times to get it. He said, pray out loud. When you're on your own, pray out loud. I started doing it. And because this idea of losing your train of thought and praying out loud, it, it, it really, in a sense, expressed something about my relationship with God and made it feel more real. And I found that very helpful. I still do that when I'm walking. You've got to be careful if you're walking through a busy high street and you're praying out loud. People might look at you funny. But, you know, if you're up in the hills on your own, it's fine. That's a great book. And two other books that I found, I know this is a very commonly commended one which is the valley of vision a collection it, i often find i get up in the morning and i don't know what to pray and so using other people's prayers to shape we talked we talked about scripture shaping our prayers there's some amazing puritan prayers here and a similar book that's slightly different that i've only just got is um i've got to look at it before i showed you because i can't remember its title piercing heaven prayers of the puritans by edited by robert elmer that's just out that's very very helpful as well in terms of reading it to yourself praying it back to god and letting it form and shape your the very language we use in prayer which is so rich in theology and biblical truth so there are three books i'd recommend what about you darren uh well yeah, i used to have said them all now there's some other <laughs> ones um so similar so the, the don carson one i i similar experience to you andy i think the way he takes paul's prayers and says you know 
how, how that shapes our prayers like the lord's prayer does um so that was really really helpful and then on a similar vein is and if there's not very good pictures um graham goldsworthy prayer and the knowledge of god so graham goldsworthy um he's well known for sort of like the um according to plans sort or of bible overview things so this is in a similar vein to that but um you know often in a prayer meeting someone will say god if it's your will and he said we better work out what god's will is then so from um knowing god's word um what is god's will what sort of thing should we be praying for and so this does a similar thing to go, um to carson but across the whole bible and looking at prayers across the whole bible and then another one um is uh uh, John Piper, Hunger for God. So looking at prayer and fasting. And he has a particular take on fasting um, that I find it quite challenging, although it's not everyone would quite go with it. If you want to, um, another take on fasting actually is um, the one and only Stephen Dancer here wrote a very good blog for us a while ago. So if you put into our search engine in um, GRUK and put in Stephen Dancer, he also wrote um, a, a very short, pithy summary yeah, of very good. quite useful stuff on, on fasting. And um, and for someone you can't remember, can you? <laughs> we were talking great. about this earlier when when someone um uh Jim uh, there's a book there's another book I didn't recommend but Jim would recommend um this book I won't recommend it because I haven't read it um but it's only this big um but uh, Mike Reeves um enjoy your prayer life and um, someone handed this to Jim and said um this is a great book on prayer and he went oh I have to read it and then you have read it and he went no no I haven't read it. And he looked at it and saw all his notes in it that he had taken. And um, uh, so, he, so he obviously had read it. So Mike Reeves, on Jim's recommendation, apparently, is, um, is good as well. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, um, so read Stephen's blog about fasting because, um, uh, and the relationship of fasting and, and prayer. If you look at me, obviously, I don't spend a lot of time fasting, but um, it is um, uh, a good thing to do. If I you think do. what I was doing there is I was, I was summarizing someone else. So I, uh, you were, but you did a very good job of it. <laughs> um, we slightly overrun, but it was good chatting to you and catching up. And um, and thanks very much for uh, the rest of you watching. And um, you know, I know you. Well, we're in two Ds, and the rest of you are just are just text and numbers on a screen. But um, it's been. Um, I know people find this encouraging, so it's good to get together and. Normally, I'd be telling you what we're doing next, but we've the wheels have come off. Um, my son said a while ago, we're just four dads who know don't know what we're doing, and now we're six dads that don't know what we're doing. Um, but um, we will do another Zoom Utopia in a few months, and um, and there will be the the um, blogs and videos and and um, podcasts going up. So uh, keep an eye out for those, and we will advertise it. And uh, if you go, you can go on our mailing list, and uh, we'll update you. Uh, with all of those um, we can't promise you the kind of quality that Stephen's giving you tonight but uh, but you know we'll try um, maybe get Stephen back again um, so um, so thanks very much for uh, for watching and for your questions as well which were which were great um, I'm going to close for us now in prayer so let's pray almighty God we thank you that although you are almighty God we can come before you with confidence uh, to your throne of grace because of Jesus Christ. We confess that we do neglect this privilege. We, we have admitted um, even tonight that we find this hard to do. Our mind uh, wanders. We don't always know what to say. And so we ask that you would, by your spirit, teach us to pray, that you'd put the right things in our hearts to pray. And we thank you for some of the encouragements we thought about uh, this evening. And uh, so we do now entrust uh, the rest of this evening uh, to you. And we... Um, 
ask that you would continue to grow us in prayer and dependence on you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. See you again soon. Thanks a lot. You've been listening to Grecology. Do make sure to subscribe to our podcast, as well as check us out online, gr-uk.org, to find the rest of these conference uh, audio files or watch them as a video or other content that we're updating uh, every week. Thank you.